Hello, my friends. This is episode number one of the Rose Dream Path podcast. I am Lisa Friedborg, your guide along this beautiful goddess path, which is the path to total mind, body and spirit wellness through heart-centered, intuitive living. What qualifies me to be your guide? Well, I'm a certified health coach, seer, healer, writer, tarot deck creator and UK tarot conference speaker. I have been a tarot blogger since 2006 and my work has been featured in Living Magazine, Take a Breaks, Fate and Fortune Magazine and The Northern Echo. Today's archetypal teacher along the rose-strewn path is the magician, Major Arcana card number one. Like all the cards from the Major Arcana, the magician teaches us an important lesson about our process of becoming fully human. This process is the spiritual journey we're all on, whether we're aware of it or not. Being Trump number one, this archetype embodies the first lesson we're confronted with and all eventually have to master. Earlier today, I came across a perfect quote for the magician from the Upanishads. As your desire is, so is your will. As your will, so is your deed. As your deed, so is your destiny. On the rose-strewn path, there are both rose petals and thorns, as might be expected. While we can avoid struggle and suffering on this path if we follow the instructions of our own souls, we cannot avoid pain altogether. The magician, being that first primal expression of desire and the will to be, have, own and create, could be seen as the source of much of our suffering. In Buddhism, the philosophy that desire is the root of all suffering is summarised in the second of the Four Noble Truths, which states, Suffering arises from attachment to desires. All archetypes of the tarot are part of the collective unconscious, which means they are part of you and me. At different times in our lives, we embody one or the other of the archetypes to a higher degree, but they're all always around us, influencing us to varying degrees. Whether the influence of the magician is going to be a dance on roses or a painful path of thorns depends on how well we learn to detach from our desires. Because of the correspondence with Mercury, the magician is associated with the mind and co-rules consciousness with the fool under the rulership of Uranus. As we all know, we can use the mind both to create problems and to resolve them. Let's look first at the shadow aspect of the magician and let's make it specific by examining how the mind plays tricks on us when we want to start making healthier food choices. For weight loss. The undisciplined, untrained mind is the shadow aspect of the magician. It makes us believe that we are our mind. Thus, when we get a thought in, into our minds that plants the seed of desire for an unhealthy food which will cause harm to our body, we think that we must have it. This is the trickster mind that takes us all to all the dark, darkest places so that we can experience them before we hit rock bottom and realize that we must begin the healing journey in earnest. So the thorny side of the magician is that this archetype acts as a mediator between the brain and the separate self which is motivated by fear 
rather than love. The question then arises, how do we flip this energy and work with the rose petal version of the magician instead? How can we get this archetype to start acting as a mediator between the brain and the higher self? How can we get him to help us to easily resist temptation when we want to start eating more healthily and lose weight, for instance? Allow me to illustrate this with an example from my own life. At the beginning of this year, I was edging all the way up to the highest limit for a healthy BMI, and it wasn't because of muscles. I was slowly and surely starting to show signs of middle age spread, with my waist circumference letting me know that it was that I was getting insulin resistant. Time to turn things around, in other words. Or I knew I'd be begin to witness a rapid decline in my already failing health, which included a number of chronic issues which I'd resigned myself that I would have to live with. From the point of view of the separate mind and the little self, we have little or no power or control over our own bodily health and wellness. The trickster mind plays into the hands of patriarchy and big pharma. We who do not easily surrender to great spirit are quick to surrender to medical authority, even when we know that they, at best, treat only the symptoms and never the underlying cause of disease. During the first few weeks on my new ketogenic way of eating, I really struggled. And the struggle was in my mind because I had to resist the impulses to eat the things I knew weren't good for me. As you know, what we resist persists. I knew there was a better way. I decided to discipline my mind through twice daily meditation. This taught me to align my desire and will with the all for the highest good. It then became infinitely easier to detach and become the observer. This in turn helped me to watch the grumblings of the ego mind in a relaxed state where I didn't feel the need to act on any self-destructive impulses to reach for a snack. But I don't have time to meditate, I hear some of you objecting, and definitely not twice a day. Who even does that? Well, only every famous innovator, visionary and thought leader you've ever heard of. The truth is, you don't have time not to meditate. It's only when we become disciplined enough to step back and use the mind from the place of the observer rather than allowing the trickster mind to use us that we can start weeding out all of the unnecessary things we do that steal our time and distract us from focusing on our mission and life purpose. So your challenge between this episode and the next one is to start a daily practice of meditating even if just for five to ten minutes per day. Just pick one of the many methods available out there and stick with it. There's so much free information on how to begin a meditation practice online that none of us have any excuse not to. There's also technology you can use these days in the form of apps and many of them are completely free. The technique I've been using for my own well-being over the past few months is called the Z technique created by Emily Fletcher and it consists of two 15-minute sessions a day where you practice what she refers to as the perfect trifecta of mindfulness, meditation and manifestation. 
I will place the link for the book in the podcast info. I do my meditation first thing in the morning after brushing my teeth and then again in the afternoon or early evening if I'm having a super busy day and I'm out and about. The beauty of learning to meditate by also being in ketosis is that it acts as a total brain primer since the preferred fuel for the brain brain is ketones rather than carbs. Ketosis combined with meditation has taken, taken me out of a total mental and physical funk and lifted me into an upward spiral that's allowing me to drop oodles of negativity, clutter and weight. I can honestly say that I feel as if life as it was meant to be has only just begun. If you want to learn more about keto for mind, body, spirit, wellness, go to winyourwellness.com where I share many free resources to help you get started. Again, I'll drop a link in the info section for this podcast. People often ask me if you can do keto on a vegan or vegetarian diet. And yes, you definitely can. Here's the thing. We can't expect the brain to function optimally through only meditation or healthy eating. We need both. And as the vessel of our precious sacred consciousness, the magician teaches us that as above, so below, as within, so without. <laughs>